Welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast. My name is Samantha Hearn and I am the host of this amazing channel. I wanted to bring you a place where you hear from myself and other amazing, inspirational business people on their journey to the success they've created. I wanted to bring you the offline journeys to the online successes that we see on social media. I want to create a place where you hear the struggles people have been through, the challenges, the lessons they've learned, the mistakes they've made, so that you know that ordinary people can create extraordinary things every single day, and that it's totally possible for you too. The Be Bold in Business podcast is a place where you are going to hear real, genuine, warts and all stories from some of the most exceptional people in business and how they succeeded anyway. If you are ready to show up in your business, if you are ready to be bold, if you are ready to learn from your mistakes, if you are ready to bounce back and become more resilient, this is the podcast for you. And me, Samantha Hearn, I cannot wait to welcome you, support you, empower and inspire you and share with you the stories that sometimes don't get shared online and give you this real refreshing approach on how building a business sometimes can be hard, sometimes involves failing, sometimes involves struggle, but you can still succeed anyway. So welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take your invitation to be bold in your business too. Welcome to another episode of the Be Bold in Business podcast, and today is another interview. And as always, the focus of this podcast isn't to talk to you about all of the amazing things that happen in business, but all of the things that people don't talk about and to make you realize that you're not the only one that potentially has those days where you don't want to get out of bed, you want to watch Netflix, clients don't sign, things don't go well in technology, and to know that there are other people in exactly the same boat as you, but they continue to be bold in their business. But before we get into the interview, I want to say welcome to Erin and give you the chance to introduce yourself. I love that you just said, you don't want to get out of bed, clients don't sign, tech doesn't work well. I was like, oh my gosh, you just described like my last week. (laughs) What are you doing? Where's the hidden camera? (laughs) Um, Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Be bold in business, classic. You love alliteration. I know. know. Every time I alliterate anything, I like have to tell someone. Someone was like, "Oh, alliteration!" I was like, "My sister-in-law is obsessed with alliteration." I am obsessed. I was thinking of a new launch and the name. I could alliterate the name, but it didn't sound powerful enough. And I was like, "But I just love alliteration." <laughs> it's like, do you go for the descriptive thing or the alliteration? I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. In our group chat, it's always like alliteration like Bali babes it has to be something like the country name and then we just have to think of a name that's alliterated alliterated is that the word yeah alliterate that's the word yeah but mind you at the moment sad times it's holiday pending there's no alliteration holiday I can't think of anything right now pending paradise oh pending paradise pending paradise yeah I mean (laughs) When you're listening to this, we probably will still be in this. Well, we will be because it'll be in August when you hear this. So we definitely still be in this whole um, COVID transitional way of living. So that is what we are referring to when we say holiday pending. (laughs) So I will definitely introduce myself in just a moment. But like for the that's like such a big thing as well to do with what your podcast is about and like obviously the challenges we go through because to be honest like us not being able to hang out has been one of the like most or like not this holiday pending situation like even though we kind of knew we maybe weren't gonna do a holiday this year because obviously you were in Australia in January and we're building a house but like the not knowing of when the next holiday is gonna be is like ultra ultra challenging and I feel like so many people are going through that with like friends and family who live overseas like just the uncertainty of when they're going to be able to sort of catch up and see each other next. So sure. definitely, definitely something that, and I think even so like it does put a hindrance on your business as well, like the whole uncertainty of the situation. And because the, what I realized about myself the other day in particular was one thing that makes me most creative is the feeling of excitement, like feeling excited about something. I actually realized that I've had my most successful launches when we have a holiday booked and when we're like in the ramp up stage to those holidays or have just come off the back of it. Like last year, when we just came back from America, I had one of my most successful launches 
ever. Um, and sort of just before we were going, like I had one on either side of it and it was just like that feeling of excitement is like the thing that keeps me going and not having that this year has just been so so challenging. So hard, so hard. And also the fact that there's no, it's so similar. I was reflecting on this and I think the biggest challenge so yeah I mean I think I I used to signpost my year based on holidays and you know this chunk of time then there's this break there's this chunk of time and I think that the thing that helps my success is variety the culture food weather like being in a place that you've never been before where your senses are just heightened and you you don't you, you need google maps because you can't get back to your accommodation like all of that and I just think definitely to have been in the same place for this length of time is really stagnant for, for me. Yeah. The energy is so hard to create um, newness when there's nothing new happening. So f- for sure, I think that's something. And also, I think it's so important we talk about that because yeah. even though both of us are still you know, inspiring others, empowering others, building businesses, creating new things, taking huge steps to do different things, in amongst that, there's been a huge downtimes you know where we've so many downtimes what are we doing like how how long will this go on for it's just this relentless groundhog day and i think it's important to just share that with people because so many people at the moment are are feeling exactly the same way but it's so hard to express it because no one really knows the end point yeah the thing i found really challenging with that as well so two things the the challenging and then a positive thing as well like the thing i found really challenging about that is because i have so much guilt around expressing feeling like that like i really do you know obviously we've gotten to a certain level of success with our businesses like financially that like to sit here and say what was me like we can't go on our tropical holiday this year it, it's, you know what I mean? Like there are people in, in horrendous situations and absolutely I still feel like I'm privileged in the fact that like that is a challenging thing. But I do think it's important. Maybe it's not online. Maybe it is in your like safe space with your friends and family. But I do believe that you need to have a healthy space to express your feelings. Like, like Sam and I have obviously been able to have conversations with one another with everything that has gone on this year. I've been really honest with each other because I think it's really important that yeah, it might not be, you know, as appropriate or it, whether or not it's appropriate, I don't know. But going online and being like, I'm really sad, I can't go on a holiday. There will be some people that would take offense to that. Maybe they have family members who've become ill. You know what I mean? Like there are worse things that are happening in the world. But in saying that, you know, people have lost their jobs, all of that. But in saying that, like your feelings are still valid. If you're, you know, both of us are highly extroverted in that we value connection so highly and I think not having a space to express that or letting the guilt of that make you push those feelings so far down that it then ends up coming up to bite you in the ass later is doing worse off but the positive thing is that it definitely has made me more self-aware that exactly like you said like the variety the spice of life is the thing that fuels my creativity makes me want to launch stuff makes me want to grow my business more Yes, it's not possible to necessarily do that right now, but boy, will I be taking advantage of that when I can more so than I did before. You know, you fall into a bit of a lull in life sometimes and we can talk about that later. I've definitely been in these resting on my laurel lulls, we'll call them. But now I think coming out of this every single day, I'll be sucking as much juice out of it as possible, like squeezing as much juice out of it as possible. Like I think if anything, it has just shown us that, we need to know what's important to us and life's too short to just not demolish that, you know? Oh my God, literally, I'll be having like two hours sleep, will not be wanting to go to bed. Just give me every moment. Oh, for sure. I've been like literally watching videos of like Carnival and like Tomorrowland. I'm like, just just put me in the middle of that crowd. Like I would happily rub up against sweaty strangers right now. I would happily be shopping on like a Black Friday Boxing Day sale. Like put me somewhere with, I'll fly a world trip in economy right now. That means I'm like rubbing elbows with people. Yeah, I remember as well when we were in Vegas, you know, we were going to, go to our the pool party at the top of our hotel and we were like no way it's just packed now i would happily be in that sweaty 40 degree heat with nowhere to move please put me up there 
take me to a DJ party where people are just drunk and falling on me any day right now. <laughs> Damn, like literally. Yeah, I'm spill your beers on me. <laughs> anyway, um, who are you? <laughs> yes, there's that. Um, so, hello everyone. I feel like it's it's just so weird because obviously Sam and I talk all the time on these, and just like we, we we were just saying before this, we're like we could literally record our masterminds and like either put them on a podcast. Or, I mean, we could probably sell them. They're so highly valuable, okay. to be honest. But anyway, I'll stop talking and tell you who I am. So, hello everybody. I am online known as Erin May Henry, but. You can call me Erin. Um, so basically, I am a business coach who really has a high focus on personal branding. So those people who want to be positioned as a leader in their niche, they want to grow their personal brand. I work with a lot of content creators, uh, helping them to start businesses. And I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who also want to build an audience online, become content creators, and just really step out into like the spotlight of their brand. I'm also a YouTube content creator myself. I've been creating YouTube videos since 2014. Um, and that's my passion. Like, honestly, put a camera in front of me, let me talk. I will do that for hours and hours and hours on end. I just am on a mission to help as many people as possible in the world, like spread their message. Cause honestly, that's what I truly believe. Like the more people out there with kind hearts, good intentions that are stepping out into the spotlight, spreading positive messages. I just am all for that. And I want to help as many people as possible do that. Mm, I think that's so important. Well, after that intro, I kind of just want to dive straight in, to be honest, because I think for sure, like over the last few months as well, exactly like you said, the burdens, I use the word burden because it's the best like, adjective, but the burdens of being in the online space as a influencer and a, a mentor have probably been heavier than most other years. There's been a lot of transitions this year and some so important, you know, we've spoke about it a lot, but with Black Lives Matter, the black community, um, with, you know, the the fires in Australia, with um, Corona, with, you know, Brexit, like all of these things have been happening around the world. Um, There's been a lot of controversy, a lot of change, a lot of shifting. And I think, have you ever felt have you ever sometimes wished that or found it challenging having an audience? Have you ever found it hard to be the person that people see as their leader? So yes and no. So I haven't necessarily, I I wouldn't say that I found it challenging for my community. Like this is the thing. The thing that I found really challenging is watching what's going on in other industries and also my industry. Like the thing that I find really challenging is, you know, you see so many people who make some, like some very big mistakes, but sometimes just like seemingly a small, small mistake. Like someone said something about like, just, just defending something about like wearing masks the other day. Like they didn't even have an opposing opinions for or against, they were wearing their mask, but they just said something about not wearing a mask in a certain circumstance and they just were dragged. There was another girl that I saw online who was uh, creating some type of like satirical, like comedy um, tweet about the political climate in America. And, you know, this whole cancel culture has been the thing that has really been the more challenging side of it to me, because I just think that people make mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, everybody makes mistakes and it's unfortunate that many people who are out there like canceling people they don't have clean slates we know that they don't have clean slates it's just that they're not in the spotlight it's impossible that a human being in their life hasn't made a mistake that in some way or another would have offended another person whether that's on a very small scale or on a very large scale like i don't believe that there isn't one human being out there that there is one human being out there that has never offended another human being. You know what I mean? So I just, for me, it hasn't been challenging holding the space from my, well, yes, it actually has been in some circumstances. Like I think the thing as well is like, just because I'm a business coach who deals with, um, you know, 
influencers and, and, and people who want to become influencers in particular, the fear around saying the wrong thing, the fear around being the wrong thing, the fear around making mistakes is adding a whole nother layer of fears. You know, people already have imposter syndrome. They already have fear of judgment. This cancel culture has made so many more people not want to spread their message, not want to start their businesses, not want to be a leader online because they're terrified. Some of the things that are happening with people, like they will have a business and you know it's just the reality of the situation they could have a very successful business make a mistake and the next day it's almost like dragged out from underneath them yeah many of them build themselves back up and i guess you know that's in in the breath of what this podcast is about like you've got to just pick yourself up apologize take ownership like I, I feel like I would know what to do if it happened, but in the same breath, like it's just causing so many people not to want to do this. And where does that lead us? You know what I mean? Like, where does that take us? Now I'm talking about mistakes. I'm not talking about, you know, blatant recent racism. I'm not talking about, um, you know, just things that even five years ago, you just know you don't say. I'm talking about, yeah, like I said, with that circumstance of like making a joke or, you know, the thing about the masks, like you, some people are trying to navigate this coronavirus and nobody really knows. So then you say the wrong thing and you're basing it against everybody else's opinions because no one really has the blueprint for this. So it's just like, that's the part for me that I found really yeah, quite challenging for my audience, quite challenging for myself, obviously. Um, and I know the simple answer is like, just don't say the wrong thing, right? But again, nobody has the blueprint for what's going on with the coronavirus at the moment. How do you know sometimes if you're saying the wrong thing? And things change so quickly, you know what I mean? Like one thing that I've done a lot of research on is the use of the word tribe. I used to use that a lot in my business and until I actually did the research, spoke to a few people. I spoke to people when I first created my course, people from indigenous cultures. Like I have um, someone here in Australia. I'm, I'm not sure that they necessarily had an understanding of what tribe was used for in the online space. Um, and that obviously there were some people that were using it inappropriately. And I asked, you know, this person, they were just like, I don't care. Like as if I care, it's just a word. And, you know, you kind of like base your, use of things off maybe some conversations kind of what everyone else is doing I now realize how wrong it is and I am so deeply sorry for anyone that I did offend by using that word and I think everyone is starting to come and understand that now but it it wasn't something that was like it was offensive but no one knew it was offensive mm -hmm. before and now it is and who's to say that something that you and I say on this podcast today isn't going to be offensive in a year's time you know what I mean? Like that whole concept of, again, I think the simple answer is you just don't say anything that could be even remotely offensive or joke about anything. But I mean, that just demolishes an entire industry as well. Like no one ever can make a joke. You know what I mean? So it's just like oh. that kind of thing. But again, like, again, I'm not talking about anything that's like blatantly racist. I'm not talking about anything that is absolutely like just, you know, common sense i'm just talking about like where do we kind of like draw the line in terms of this kind of cancel culture people are canceling pe other people for opinions now at this age not cold hard facts not blatant racism not things that most 99.9 percent .9 people agree on it's like i'm gonna cancel you because me and my 10 friends don't think we don't like what you said you know what i mean sure for sure i think i think something that this the social media needs to become more aware of or we need to become more aware of i think definitely in terms of as entrepreneurs is how we use and consume social media um you know that's never the whole story sorry if you can hear Vinny in the background everyone um that's never the whole story and i think that social media also is very good at positioning things in certain ways you know even the news we don't hear all of the news all the time. We don't hear all of the stories. And I think it's really important what you said about doing your own research, doing things behind the scenes, doing your own investigating around what it is that you're trying to create in this world, I think is super important. And it's, I also agree when you said about a lot of opinions being the reason that people you know, um, form new opinions. 
Yeah. Actually, I have a better, I have a better example of what I'm actually trying to say with that. So the other day I saw um, a, a kind of like group of posts or something that was going on on social media, essentially trying to cancel a coach because she didn't have a certification. Like that's the type of thing that I was talking about. You don't, it's, it's not illegal to coach without a certification, but mm. it was like just hatred, haters for this person deciding that even though they had a successful business, even though they have proven themselves because this group of people or the spawn of a group of people didn't like this person, they were being attempting to be canceled because they should have had a certification. Do you know what I mean? I don't even really know. I saw this on Facebook. I don't even really know what type of coaching it was. I'm pretty sure it was business coaching or no, they, they didn't have a degree. That was it. Like the wording particularly that was used was like, they didn't have a degree. Right. So like this ton of posts coming for this person, they were doing mindset coaching. Sorry. Now I remember it, but they were dragging them for the price that they were choosing to, to, to use, to charge. They were dragging them for not having a, a, um, a degree and then calling them a greedy influencer. Like that's the type of thing that as I think really come out of this year is, and, and maybe it's not even to do with everything that's happened this year. I think maybe it's something that has just kind of started. I mean, it's definitely been on YouTube and like the beauty industry, like can't everyone cancel everyone, but I've always seen that as kind of like Jersey show drama, you know, is that real or are they fabricating this to get views? I, I never really took it seriously until I, I, I saw people's livelihoods being ripped out from underneath them because someone decided Oh, even though you've had a successful business for five years, I now decide that you should have a, a, a degree. You know what I mean? Even though you've been helping people on the internet for X amount of time, I've today decided that I don't think that you should charge that. And so now I'm going to cancel you. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. In that situation, because I think for sure, like where we are in business now, we're a bit, um, a bit more established, shall we say, and a bit more kind of like in the framework or circulation of the system or you know we're very much in now you know we're very much yeah. in the midst of all of this whereas yeah. if you're coming in and you are kind of fresh out of the gate you're really you're so excited and enthusiastic but there's also this element of not really knowing the severity and the impact of as well as the amazing things that we can do but also the the pressure and the scrutiny that you can come under in the examples you've given how do you, first of all, how do you do this? And second of all, what would you say to someone that's not kind of maybe as far down the road, but how do you still then embrace this boldness in yeah. your business and in your brand and showing up in that bold way, whatever that means to each individual. And then secondly, how would you advise, guide and support someone that isn't as established in still showing up as their self without that fear basically being the reason they just don't get started. Yeah. And I think that's why it's really dangerous because it ultimately just creates such a barrier to entry to this type of business when, yeah, okay, there are not that many regulations, but here's my opinion on it. People are choosing to pay and that's their choice. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll definitely answer the question in a second, but like, just to say that, like, again, like, you know, particularly with this post in, you know, dragging this person for the price, don't pay it. Like no one's saying that you have to pay it. And this is my advice that I would give, like, yes, there are going to be people that push back on you. Yes. There's going to be people that, uh, slander you, try to cancel you or whatever, but there are still going to be another group of people who love you, who adore you, who want to learn from you. And that's who you're catering for. And I guess the simple answer is just don't listen to the haters. You know, everybody says that, but I know how hard that is. And I know, you know, when you put a Facebook post out and like 70% of the conversation uh, uh, messages in your Facebook group are people trying to cancel you like that is really, really tough. But the reason why I think this is so toxic as well is because where does anybody start? It's like you're telling people that they need, uh, you know, X amount of years of experience. It's, it's like the chicken or the egg. Where does the experience come from if they don't start somewhere? Um, but what I would say in particular is like, yeah, okay, the, the advice that I would give a client is like, you just have to focus on the people that you can serve um, and that do want to learn from you and do want to pay you. Because again, it's a, it's, it's a free willed choice to pay someone and how one person spends their money. If they want to spend $10,000 on a coach, just because, you know, 
Aaron wants to spend $10,000 on a coach if like Karen, I'm sorry, I just had to use the name over there, doesn't think that $10,000 is a good amount to spend on a coach. Karen's not paying. Like it's my money, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like you've just got to focus on if people are choosing to pay you, if they want to pay you, if they want to follow you, if they want to support you, like you have to as much as possible focus on them. And I know it's difficult because the negative voices scream the loudest, right? It's usually the positive ones, the one that want to work with you, that don't comment, they don't like, they don't share. They just book calls and want to work with you or so buy your products, buy your services, you know what I mean? And they're quiet and, and it's annoying because it, it creates this unbalanced bias of what your community is actually like. Uh, this person in particular, I, I, if it was me, I would have taken the post down. She was like promoting her new coaching service. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't have actually taken the post down, but I can see why someone would have actually taken that post down. My alternate answer to that is prove them wrong. You know what I mean? Like I'm very much about building leadership, building a brand and mastering things. You know, if I turned around tomorrow and was like, you know what? I am a world-class piano player. I am just the best piano player in the world. And I'm going to charge you to listen to my piano. And then I went and I pulled out my piano and I was like, meh, 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 meh. And it was like really bad. Of course, everyone's going to be like, you don't know, you know, blah, blah, blah. The hate would come in. If I came back tomorrow and I'd spent like 15 hours straight, just grinding out, trying to learn as much as I possibly could. And now I could play the piano. People are going to be like, wow. And then a week later is better. And a week later is better. A week later is better. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say drain yourself, go to burnout by learning information. But if you do want to be a leader in a particular niche, if you do want that to be your thing, you know, all you need to do is just show people that you actually do know what you're talking about. I can, again, I'm not agreeing with them because I think it creates, like I said, barriers to entry, but I see how some people do have an aversion to these types of businesses because yes, unfortunately, there are people out there that decide today, I'm going to be a business coach, no business experience, no audience online, buy a bunch of followers, you know, create an Instagram course. Like, yeah, that does exist. But there's that kind of you know, unethical behavior in every single industry, every single business. And it's not anything new to online business back in the forties, fifties, twenties, like there's always been unethical practices in businesses. And we've got to just focus on the people who actually are doing it right. But for someone who is starting out, try as much as you possibly can to just continue to show up, focus on the people who do love you, do support you and know that the people who are canceling or trying to cancel i'm not even going to say cancel but just pushing back on what you're actually putting out there it's a projection you know what i mean you put out something and say here's my new five thousand dollar coaching package and that person can't afford it it's just their fear their shame their whatever that's coming up and they've just got to express that it really has nothing to do with you and i use an exercise called calling the bullshit which is basically like okay so you could sit there and now all of a sudden believe my prices are too expensive everyone's going to cancel me everyone hates me but is that true no it's not because i'm sure there are other coaches in the industry or other entrepreneurs charging that much with amazing communities so it's not a hard fact unless there's no evidence to the contrary you know what i mean so Definitely try as much as you possibly can to focus on what's true. And the fact is that you can absolutely still do this regardless of what people say, but also just prove people wrong. Just show them that you are passionate. You want to help people. And what I found for me in particular is, you know, when I first launched my business, I was like creating vegan recipes one week. And then I was like, pay me $5,000 to coach you on business the next week. I got a lot of pushback in the beginning. You know, people were like, what? That was too much money, all of that stuff. But they kind of naturally fell, fell away. You know what I mean? They really did. Cause they just either I triggered them too much. They didn't want to follow me. They weren't interested. And I would, I'm like glad to say, like I said, you know, for me, why it hadn't been such a bad situation is because at this stage, like I do have quite a wholesome community, a supportive community because, you know, you can obviously nurture that along the way. For sure. And also it's probably about 10% of the time that you get this yeah. kind of pushback or these comments, unless you are kind of, like, you know, Tony Robbins, Gary V, where you've got a huge proportion of people that just come along for the ride to create that negativity. But in reality, you probably are looking at about 10%, you know, so it could be one week of a year or one post out of a hundred or one launch out of 20, you know, it's not going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. on every occasion. And I think that's important, but I think it's also important to be proactive and aware and self-aware that this can happen because I think a lot of people come into the online space and think that they will create an offer 
and it's just going to fly out the door like hotcakes. Everyone's going to be there. They're going to do one live and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And actually, sometimes that's the biggest thing we need to prepare for, being proactive and self-aware that actually everything has a 360 view. So as well as all of these amazing people that could find you and potentially the people that create resistance, there's this big group in the middle that are just waiting to be nurtured. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. we do then spend so much of our attention on the negatives or yeah. the super fans that we miss out on this big group of people that actually are just nice, kind-hearted, well-intentioned, looking to create their best life, love what you do, and they're just waiting in the wings. Um, yeah. I think when you say about, you know, calling the bullshit, sometimes it's about that as well. Like, you know, are they really your people? Like, if you can't be bold, and by being bold, it's basically just being yourself. You know, if you can't yeah. just be yourself, be honest, be original, come up with different ideas, take a few risks, and people don't go, good for you, then they're not the people that are going to support you. But they're also not the people being bold either. That's the other yeah. caveat to that. The people that create the biggest resistance are the people that are not doing what you want to do or are doing. That's the, mo that's the other thing I always say. So the people that judge are never the people that are doing or have been or done what you're trying to achieve. For um, sure. Yeah. I, I, I remember literally, uh, this has never left me, but on uh, the first podcast or the whenever it was when, when I launched my podcast and you came on and you gave this analogy of like climbing a ladder, like people never, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but it was just like that whole thing, like people are never um, going to, you know, from above you, they're not going to turn around and, no. um, you know, spew hate at you. Like it's only the people that are below you. It's yeah. only the people that are below you that are ever going to try to drag you down. And I love that because that's the thing. It's like, who, who are you going to respect enough to listen to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Whose opinion is valuable enough to move you forward in your life. And that's just your own discernment. Like you've got to make sure that you're really, yeah, just monitoring sure. where you're focusing your attention. And also I think there's this big thing of when someone finally does get it, they understand yeah. why you did what you did. So for example, when you aren't available to reply straight away to a Facebook comment or a DM, when they're then in a situation where they have clients, a team, systems, email marketing, ads, events, retreats, masterminds, social media, content, funnels, all of these things, then they realize, oh yeah, now I remember why Sam didn't reply after two minutes. So a lot of the yeah. time as well, the people that create the resistance, once they get to that point on the ladder that you were at when they were trying to pull your legs down, they think, do you know what? Fair play, like fair play. This is actually harder than I anticipated. There's more to do. I just didn't understand all the things that are behind the scenes. And I call it spinning plates. At the beginning, we are just spinning one plate, social media, visibility, getting ourselves out there. Then we start to have clients. So you're spinning another plate. Then it's okay, well now I need to think about different programs, then there's another plate. The more plates involved, the more as an entrepreneur you have to split your time, but the more your community or the potential resistance will see that you're not just in one place all the time. And that's the majority of the time, you know, they don't care, they don't really want blah, blah, all of those things, but actually there's just more plates in the air. And when they yeah. have the plates, they realized, you know what? I will happily, happily give her a break. Like that, it, you know, so I think that's the other thing to remember. Like where you go, people that are then where you were will appreciate the fact that that journey is it's not as easy as people anticipate. I've got a funny story about that. Like I honestly, like I remember back like, oh God, I would have been like early twenties or something. I like had DM'd this girl that I follow who had like 300K Instagram followers or something like that. Maybe, it, I don't know, but or maybe it was on Facebook. I can't remember, but either way I DM this person. I was like livid that they didn't reply. I'm, I'm pretty sure they left me like on red. Like they, I'm pretty sure they seen it. Oh no, I can't remember. Now, they didn't see it, but I was like, surely like they have to reply. They're not like a celebrity or something like that. And it was just like, I was just shocked that they just like didn't reply to me. Like, why didn't they respond to me? You know what I mean? Like I had them on Facebook and then it was like, now it's like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, so I get it. I get it. Like, you get, I get like 99 messages a week. Like it's just, yeah, it is physically impossible. So I totally, totally agree with that. Like sure. I've been through that journey myself. 
Yeah, and it is. And I think that's the other thing. Like, do you, have you ever had those moments where you just think, oh, I just don't know. I just don't know if I can, if I can go to the next thing or if I, I've got that in me or you see someone else doing it and you think, oh, I don't know if that will be me. You know, have you ever just thought to yourself, maybe I should just stay where I am. Maybe this is the easier option. So story of my life, actually, because I have been doing a lot of work lately on money. I've joined a money mastermind, essentially, and doing a lot of like integrative reprogramming mindset kind of work, which is not traditionally the type of coaching that I gravitate towards. I definitely gravitate towards more action-based stuff. Um, but I realized like, I know what to do. I know what to do. I know what I need to do to get to the next level. I got to this point. Like it's, it's just a matter of multiplication at this stage. Um, but I have realized that I have done that exact thing. Like kept myself stuck ish, got comfortable, I guess you could say. Um, and it's been way too long, like way too long. Like I have been stuck at the same income level for probably almost a year now making the same. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm making like really good money. You know, I'm building a four bedroom with an office house. Like I have at the end of last year, I was able to buy two motorbikes. Like I, I'm not, that's the thing that fear sometimes l like dresses up in comfort and success at the same time, keeping you stuck so, so subtly, you know? And I definitely have always just been like having that feeling of watching my peers go past me and wondering like, what's wrong with me? Like, what, why am I so stuck? And then, you know, I play it off as like, oh, because I don't care about money. I don't care. Like, that's not my value. That's not what motivates me, which it's not. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm in a for-profit business and for-profit businesses grow. They grow their profit. You know what I mean? Um, and I, definitely have been having those circumstances where I have like looked around and thought, yeah, like what is wrong with me? Like, why am I going to be ever able to go to this next level? Like, why am I stuck here? But at the end of the day, what I've realized more than ever now is that it, not that I've realized now, because I feel like I've always known this personal development got me into this, but our mindset and our limiting beliefs and our fears, and I guess this encapsulates everything we've been speaking about, but our fears and our limiting beliefs, we have to have a handle on them. Like we really do. If it's going to stop us from putting out content because we're afraid of, you know, splashback, I guess you could say, or if we're afraid of starting our business or in my circumstance of going to the next level, everything that you're not doing or that is stopping you or is pulling you back. And this has always been my experience it's nothing to do with the strategy it's not to do the i don't know how you know i've got no clients there are no clients out there all of this stuff it's it's you like it is you and you have to take responsibility for that because for me like the second that i realized this that i realized that okay like for me the particular big belief that i've realized is i have a belief that rich people are lonely like I just of course that's not true i know that's not true but it directly contrasts my number one value which is connection and so being comfortable and being stuck at the place that i'm at now it it keeps me safe from possibly losing friendships from being, you know, it's lonely at the top, that whole, that whole idea that is drilled within us. And so for me, like I have realized now more than ever that I need to be aware of what's keeping me stuck and anything that you want to do, any of these unconscious beliefs, any of these limiting beliefs, like you have to have to work on them because yes, exactly like what your question says, like you'll always be looking at things thinking, I can't do this, but not knowing why, if you're not doing the work to actually figure that out. For sure. I think, I think sometimes it's so hard to see the, the blocks and the struggles that people face, knowing that if they were, if they allowed and their mindset shifted forward, everything would be completely different. Mm -hmm. And when you can see that in someone and you can see the beliefs they tell themselves and you can see that, that might, you can see the mindset of safety kicking in and you yeah. think, and it is true, it's so true because we have, mine at the moment is I always, I've, I've said this forever and it's such a bad 
um, I use the word bad in it because it's a great adjective, but in terms of it's, it's, a, it's a really bad restrictive mindset. So I always would say I've been the same weight since I was 18, which I have, and my weight has never changed. But I use that as a reason not to be healthier, be more mm. nutritious, be more active, look after myself, nurture myself more because I'm like, well... I'll just be the same way. And for some yeah. people, of course, they would want to have that. But for me, that's actually been a real self-sabotaging behavior. So then when it comes to how I show up in my business, I'm not, I'm not fueling my body. I'm not moving my body. I'm not nurturing myself. So then I'm not doing that for my business. And it's the mm. same. It's exactly the same as you. Since I started investing in someone that can help me change that and change myself, that's when I realized that my business will only grow when I do the work on myself, when I do the work on changing these behaviors. And similarly to you with money, I always grew up, rich people are selfish. Rich people, people don't like them because they're greedy. So it then creates that whole thought of success is something that people judge you for. They don't celebrate you for it, they judge you for it. You say, oh, well, it's all right for you. Oh, well, you've done yeah. this. Oh, you know that. And I think even the fact that you've just said it is, it is, and it's so true. It's never about the business or the strategy or the post or the live or the caption or the, the language or the sales copy or the email. It's about the person behind it. Like, do you truly believe and feel into what it is that you're building or do you have those fears? Yeah. I mean, what would because the thing is those fears haven't stopped you creating success those fears haven't stopped you building a very financially profitable business an abundant lifestyle it hasn't prevented you from creating a life that you love but but that's where i rested on my laurels i didn't rest on my laurels in terms of growing my business i rested on my laurels in terms of working on my mindset because i started all of this because of my own personal development work. Why I became a coach was because in my first business, I had imposter syndrome and fears, which I'd never experienced before and was so confused. So all of the personal development work led me here and it got me to there. And then it got me to there and now it got me to here. But then I got comfortable with not doing the inner work because you know the whole new level, new devil concept, like that is the most truest statement that I know <laughs> when it comes to business. And I didn't think, I was like, what more is there to do? I got tricked into the fact of like, I have to do more work. I have to do something else rather than just realizing that once I actually looked at myself and realized that there were more blocks to uncover, that there was a deeper level to be excavated, I would have never gone anywhere. I would be stuck. And even still like this month, uh, halfway through the month, I made had already made as much as I made last month. You know what I mean? So it's, it's working. It's obviously working. I've been in this mastermind. I've been doing this work, you know, for three, four weeks now. I, I cannot express how much it works, but I cannot express how much it works when you do the work for life. Mm. But I have a question for you, actually. <laughs> I want to take this in quickly because you said something really interesting before about like, obviously when you work with a client and it's like you're, you're a business coach, right? I'm a business coach. Neither of us are clinical psychologists. You know, I, I'd love to kind of like, I see people all the time and I see their potential. I see their potential, but it's like potential in a box of doubt. Like there is just so much doubt going around them. Like what's your advice to someone, to someone who just can't, get through it. You know what I mean? Like, how do you handle that as a coach? Like you try everything that you possibly can. And there are just people who just can't move through that self-doubt. You know what I mean? Or those fears great. or the limiting beliefs. Yeah. Great question. I ask this question uh, all the time. So there's no consequence to the answer. There's no, don't rationalize. You don't need to think about the who's listening. There's no one here. Where do you want to be in your life? That's all I ask. Where do you want to be? And all the time, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. They'll either cry, um, just completely be like stopped in their tracks. And, or they'll say something like, I've never been asked that before. I've never, I've never thought about that before. 
I've never actually given myself the chance to think about that. And I'm like, well, let's just start there. Like, don't worry about how many followers you have. Don't worry about whether you want to go live. Don't worry about what your program costs. None of that. Where do you want to be? Like, where do you want to live? Like, who do you want to be in love with? Where do you want to travel? Like, what, what do you want your life to look like? Let's create that. And I think that's the other thing that's so important. That's such a good question because that is so true. We all have these doubts. We all do. Like, there's, there's no way you can go through life without doubting yourself because it's, a, it's an innate part of us because the only way you can become better is when you question who you are now to find a solution to who you want to become. Mm-hmm. And I think that, when you like if i said that to you like where do you want to be you wouldn't say uh i want to have twenty five thousand dollars every month in savings i want to be able to have five thousand pounds for food it wouldn't be numbers orientated it would be i want to be able to have a savings account that i can dip into whenever i need for holidays or i want to be able to take harvey to do this i want to be able to go here with george i want to be able to fly here i want to do this with my friends it would be experiences and like memories and i think when we can detach from value because that's the easiest thing especially in business coaching numbers it's a numbers game when you can detach from that and attach to the meaning of that number it just becomes so different you know like we've spoken about this before like you know as we said at the beginning me and Aaron mastermind all the time and we talk about money openly all the time like there's no there's no like boundaries but when we talk about money it's never oh yeah we just want to have seven zeros in our bank account and you know be able to say oh yeah i've got a business that's got seven zeros no it's like i want to be able to travel and go to australia and england first class whenever we want i want to be able to meet halfway i want to be able to treat people i want to be able to like look after our parents like it's, it's not about the actual quantity it's about the quality of life and experiences that, that creates so mm. i think whenever I have someone say, I just can't do it. I just can't get to where you are a lot. You know, I can't get to that point. I can't do it. And I'm like, listen, forget where I am and forget where you are. Focus on where you want your life to go. Like, of course you can get there. Like it's never about, and I think that's the other thing we do a lot of, and especially in our industry, of course, success becomes the marker. Um, I want to be able to sell out or I want to have five clients or I want to have um, like 20 grand launch is always a quantifiable number, which is great. But, and you'll know this from uni, but there's two types of data, quantitative and qualitative. And I always talk about that. So you've got a quantity, but you've got the quality. So would you rather have two clients who you absolutely adore and they become like your best friends or five clients that you find really draining and it's a really challenging experience just to say that you had five? Like you, you have to think about the quality as well as the quantity. And that's the same when you think about the potential and the doubt. The doubt is when you focus just on the quantity. The potential is when you focus on the quality. So mm-hmm. put yourself that. in the box where you think about your the quality of that experience. And like even this month, like this morning, I went for a run to meet Luke and then play basketball because he was at the gym and it's not that far from my house. Um, and I was running along and I was like, you know what? But this would be my summer holidays. Like, so now, obviously, I used to be a teacher. This would be my summer holidays. So a lot of my friends are on summer holidays now. Some of them have actually gone on holiday, Heartbreak Hotel. Um, and I was like, do you know what? There was a time that I would absolutely count down the entire year for this six-week break. And I was running along and I was thinking, my day today is starting at 9 a.m. talking to my sister on a podcast <laughs> in my in whatever I want to wear. I had breakfast listening to the radio. I like, it's just that in itself, that's quality. Have I made any money yet today? No, but I'm living my life in in a way of quality. Um, And I think that that's the biggest shift that people struggle with understanding that of course the numbers help obviously, but the numbers come when you realize that it is, it's that, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like when we've gone on holiday, like me and Aaron, so we went to um, America and we were traveling around, but we decided last minute we wanted to try and go to Vegas, but it wasn't in our like journey. So we had to like, book a flight, pay for a hotel. So we, we paid to keep our luggage and our suitcases in Boston, in Austin, like in Texas. In Houston, yeah. Houston, in Houston. So we paid for a hotel in Houston for three days, which we were not in, and then paid for flights, paid for a hotel, and then paid to do a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. Now, in the Grand Canyon. In the Grand Canyon, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Was that 
was that the most um, expensive thing that we have done? No. But was it one of the most quality experiences? Yes. So I'm not saying that money isn't part of that, but the experiences you create, I don't know. I mean, even just thinking about that now, I just think hopefully people will stop and think, do you know what, actually, yeah, like I can, I can pay off my credit card. I can buy a dog. I can treat my husband to dinner. I could buy my friends some flowers. It's, that, that's like not, that's not out of anyone's reality, but it is, if I was to say to someone now, you know, you're going to have a million pound business. Whoa, like, whoa. And then it's like yeah. the doubt comes in. So yeah, that would be my question. Where do you want to be? I love that as well. And like, it really is just, and I think that goes with us the same um, theme of what we're talking about, like everything that's happened this year. Like, I think the only thing that we can do, whether it's to get through lockdown, whether it's when fear or self-doubt is like just absolutely riddling you to total inaction, it's taking it one step at a time towards what feels good, right? Like now we just have to wake up every day and ask ourselves what feels good. If you're riddled with self-doubt in business, like today you're just like your gut hurts because you're supposed to do that live. Like what is going to make you feel good? What is going to make you feel good about this live? You have to follow that. Like at the end of the day, I think we, we realize now that everything we do is in the pursuit of happiness. And if that, like you said, is a marker off in the future, I know this is a cliche thing to say, but if that is off as a marker in the future, like I'll be happy when I get those five clients, I, you know, do the 20 K launch. You're right. You will always be chasing quantity. Whereas if you are always following joy and happiness, if you're always saying like, what's going to make me happy, you know, for me, it's like seven o'clock. What's going to make me happy at seven fifteen? What's going to make you happy tomorrow. What's going to make you happy next year. Like the rest of the pieces will fall into place because you know, not to get too spiritual, but you'll just naturally make better decisions, be more magnetic. And the fears, although you still need to look at them, you still need to work on them. You still need to say, okay, this is my fear. Is it bullshit? How can I call this out and keep reminding myself? How can I affirm the opposite? How can I literally erase that? But the thing that's going to get you past that point and moving forward is going to be realizing that it is just taking it one step at a time. Like you've said, you know, build a million dollar business tomorrow. Absolutely no way. Let me retract into my shell. Do what's going to make you feel happy in your business tomorrow. Show up in a way that's going to feel connected to your audience. Absolutely doable. That's so true. That's the key thing. What feels good. Cause I remember we've, we spoke more recently about this kind of like drive to grow, but sometimes you have to slow down to move forwards. And I think it's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. By the way, I was going to say it's a classic Gemini thing. So the two of us, we're super creative. We come up with ideas and we want them to happen like yesterday. So I WhatsApp Erin a few days ago and I was like, I've got a new launch. And she's like, what? <laughs> I thought July was just about slowing down. A few days later, I was like, okay, no, I'm not doing that now. So you just, you have these ideas. But did you know, a bit off a tangent, because I was going to talk about that. We're not Geminis anymore. The horoscope, the horoscope's changed. I don't know about that, but anyway, I'm still identifying as a Gemini because I'm a Gemini tattoo. Yeah, that's the same as one of my friends, but there's 13 horoscopes, not 12. Really? Yeah, it came out last week. I was like, what the hell? So technically, well, I mean, obviously people listening to this, you could quote this better, but this is just what I, from what I've read, but we're technically Taurus now. I am not grounded. You are not grounded. We are not Taurus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've identified for too long. I can't change. That's what I mean. I'm like, how can you suddenly say that there's another horoscope after all these years? Like, what? So yeah, Google it. Seriously. But that was well, my question. I was going to say, that just shows the placebo effect. Like whether or not it's just like, oh, we thought we were Gemini's and so that molded our personality. Like maybe now you and I are going to become calm as a rock, but I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, who said maybe the twenties are the time to be a Gemini and the thirties are the time to be a Taurus? Mate, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I've still got way too much Gemini in me. Oh, that hurts to laugh. Oh, obviously, as you know now, I'm starting to exercise my abs. Literally, they're so sore. Don't make me laugh. Well, my final it. question was about that, like about how do you know? Because how do you know you're a Taurus now? <laughs> Oh. you told me <laughs> but no but perfect example you know about like we come up with ideas and then we're like okay we need to actually you know slow this down and all of that kind of stuff but when you're starting how do you know when to do what like you have an idea how do you know when to 
not do that idea yet? Or how do you know when you need to execute that idea? And even now in your business, how do you know when is the right time to launch something new or wait it out or come up with systems? How do you know that? Like, where does that come from? So for me, it's just through education. Like it really is just about educating myself on best practice in business. But I personally don't think there's anything wrong with kind of having the throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks mentality for the first maybe six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we all know that here's my philosophy. I like to keep things simple. You want to build a business, build an audience, sell them stuff. Like that is all you've got to do. You've got to build an audience of people who have a problem and you've got to sell them a solution to that problem. Every single business you can ever think of ever, whether it's candy bars, whether it's buying homes, has that exact structure. A group of people who know who they are and awareness and they get sold into a solution through a buyer's journey, right? And so, yes, the first thing that you should be doing in business is anything to gain visibility, right? Anything and anything. Like some people are just so afraid of, and there's this whole mentality of all my boundaries and all of this stuff. Like, no, like go listen to like Kevin Hart, Will Smith, Oprah, like all of these speakers about how they became successful and famous. Like they hustled, they hustled their butt off. And no, I'm not talking about the Gary Vaynerchuk work 17 hours a day or you're unworthy, but I'm talking about go for opportunities, network, meet people, go to events, build content. Like people are expecting, like, I'm going to be the leader in my niche with a one Instagram post a week. Like it just doesn't work like that. So in the beginning, like if it is building a business that you are trying to do, I mean, this, this, question could be for anyone trying to do anything but it's just like figure out what the best practice is figure out what the end goal is and as much as you possibly can reverse engineer that but also don't be afraid to make mistakes don't be afraid to have a little bit of gemini energy in the beginning and just come out like a bull out of the is that the quote a bull out of a gay bull in a china shop yeah a bull in a china shop like don't be afraid to just like get messy like get down and dirty like just get stuff out there. You'll, I, I guarantee you, you'll hit more targets. If you just, you know, throw 50 darts at the same time, then you will. If you contemplate one dart for like, you know, 25 minutes and then throw it. Like, that's what I just see people doing. They're so calculated and they're just trying, like, just throw stuff out there. And then when you get to a point of maybe like Sam and I's level, or maybe a year or two in, like, that's when you can start thinking about the more long-term strategy. Like, where am I actually taking my business? How can I actually get there? Like, that's probably the time that you do slow down a little bit more. But the thing is, like, I just think so many people are afraid to make mistakes these days and that just holds them back. Like they're just so afraid of doing. And again, I know again, and I'm sorry to circle back, but like, because what if I make a mistake in the public light? Like, you know, people are going to say bad things about me, judge me, whatever. But it's just like, it's okay to like put out a piece of content that sucks. It's okay to launch something that doesn't sell. It's okay to pitch to someone and get told no. It's okay to pitch to someone and for them to tell you, you have no idea what you're talking about and you have no audience. I'm not going to have you on my show. Like who cares? Just have that kind of like relentless energy about you. Be bold in business when you're just starting out. And I guarantee you, it will get you so much further than if you are calculating every move and trying to act as if you're like a seven figure CEO and everyone respects my boundaries. I can't be, you know, doing all this pitching and stuff like that. Like just put stuff out there. It's okay. Make mistakes and then figure the rest out as you as you go and as you grow. I can vouch for that because that's exactly what I did. The first year I was just chucking all sorts of stuff out there. I was going to events, I was doing exhibitions, I was saying yes to absolutely everything and it worked. And then after that, I was like, okay, I need to actually stop and make some systems here because this is actually going well. So I agree. I think you have to, you have to be an optimist in the sense of like go for everything, but you also exactly like you said, you have to be relentless. But on top of that, I would say you have to be resilient. Like if it doesn't work, yeah. You have to keep going. Like the only way forwards is if you drive the car. So, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise that that won't happen. I love that. Okay. Um, Obviously I could just talk for hours, but I feel like Mm. people- We should start a podcast all about being resilient. Well, we did an event called Be Unstoppable. So maybe we need to just do more events. We should start a podcast called Be Unstoppable and talk about how people can be more unstoppable. We actually should, you know. We could do it, be unstoppable. And what would you rather questions can start at the start of every podcast. My favorite game in the world. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, oh my God, let's do that. Well, 
my final, basically another Gemini thing. Now me and Erin are starting a whole new fucking franchise. But anyway. <laughs> Um, oh my god I've got it because it would be like what would you rather be unstoppable or be stopped (laughs) trademark that literally trademark that right now Um, (laughs) my final question if you were to go back to before you started or when you had just started what would be the one piece of advice you would give yourself When I just started my business, rather than like just started my YouTube channel, I would say, there's so many, there's honestly so many. Um, One that just stands out to me 100% is like, build your network sooner. Like for all these mindset struggles that I say that I've uh, struggled with and like, obviously I'm still struggling with them now, but the reason why I'm so much more resilient towards them now is because I have this supportive network of people around me. I have Sam. I obviously have other friends online as well. I have my masterminds. I have, um, you know, a coach now that I can speak to in the beginning, although I did have some friends, like it, it, it just, without really having someone to call you up on your own bullshit or to help you talk through a limiting belief or get excited for your goals. Like that, I think for me, held me back a lot. I had a coaching session with a coach once who told me basically my business idea was shit. And I honestly let it hinder me for like months. If I had, you know, back then, if, if Sam and I were having the masterminds we'd have now, I probably would have been like, man, just had this coaching session and we would have talked through it and realized how much of an absolute knob that person was you know what I mean like it's just like the support systems for me has been the biggest like asset to my personal growth and my growth as a business owner and so for me it's just if I could go back to the start it would be just network as soon as possible get make more friends as soon as possible like get a support network as soon as possible Mm, that's so true that is so true okay my final question I know I just said that but I just have one more I'm sorry that's um, right I like if, it if there was one thing you spent too much time doing at the beginning that now you realize didn't use your time wisely what was that one thing that's a really good question and I hate podcast guests that do what I'm about to do, but honestly, nothing because what I've spent most of my time on always has been creating content and whether it's always been the most effective use of my time, it's the thing that I enjoy the most. You know what I mean? So I think like since I started my business, since I started my YouTube channel, I probably spend 80% of what I work on my business creating content. The thing that I'd probably like to have done more of is create systems earlier. But the thing that lights me up the most is creating content. Um, and I don't, re- I haven't really ever had a business that isn't centered around me creating content. All the courses that I launch, the programs that I launch, everything is essentially centered around like even this right now, this is creating content, right? Like everything I've done is pretty much been centered around creating content. Maybe that's the stubborn torrent in me, but I don't, I've never really been someone to kind of do things I don't want to do in some circumstances. I think that's hindered me. Like I said, I would have absolutely benefited from creating systems and hiring team earlier, but in the same breath, if I was to generalize it as like, absolutely, it's been a struggle. It's been the biggest learning curve of my entire life. There's been some days where I just ball and just don't know what I want to do. Stay up at night, like staring at the ceiling, like your mind is going at 50,000 miles an hour. But if I was to look at it as one big journey, it's been a hell of a good time. You know what I mean? And I think the reason for that is simply just because exactly like I said before, I, I think I had realized very early on that the most important thing is to follow what feels good. And for me, that's always been creating content. I said, like, I remember saying it to my partner when I very first started my business and I was doing blogging. I hate writing, 
but it was for my management, my YouTube management. They asked me to write a guest blog post and I was like, I don't want to do this. I was like, this is the last blog post I've ever written in my life. I hate writing blog posts. And then I said, I was like, if it's not fun, it's not worth it, honestly. And that has been one of my biggest philosophies in business is that if, if it's not fun, it's worth it. It's, it's risky. You, 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 you could have your business, that, you know, there could be a legislation that comes in tomorrow that basically says you need to have a $10,000. I mean, obviously at the stage we, we are at, we could afford it, but you know, that you have to have like some $50,000 degree or something to be a coach or something like that. And we, we'd have to pivot and that might take some time. Like it, it's risky being an entrepreneur, but, and that's why I think to myself, like, if I'm going to take this risk, it has to be worth it. And what makes it worth it as long as it's fun. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, what a good crescendo. What a good ending to the podcast. <laughs> crescendo. I love great that word. Many word. Such a great word. <laughs> well, thank you so What's an alliteration with crescendo? Crucial crescendos. I love it. <laughs> that was a crucial crescendo. Yeah, not only is it an alliteration, the second letter is alliterated as well, which makes it even better. So it's actually a sound alliteration as well because you've got a cra Really? It's like if you had like um like a steamy Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new cocktail drink, steamy Steve. Steamy <laughs> Steve. I love that. Our chosen cocktail of choice is, by the way, one last thing I need to say is when you were talking before um, about like, obviously what you like make money for and everything. I was like, oh my God, I was laughing to myself. I was like, yeah, we do all these launch plannings and stuff. Like really, really all we want to do is get rich enough that we can have a private jet so that our dogs can meet. (laughs) That is it. I would absolutely love that. I just want them to be able to just hang out on a beach somewhere, live their best life. Like, yeah, oh, travel right now is just feeding my soul. The thought of it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> mm, anyway. I can't even leave my house, so. I <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. You're, you came out and went back in and we're just coming out. It's like just such a brutal beast, but. It's a, it's, it's a brutal beast. It's a brutal but beast. But it's necessary. For sure. Absolutely. And it will be all worth it. And thankfully we have the internet to connect. Exactly. Well, on that note, thanks my friend and I'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Running a business can be hard and running a business alone as a solopreneur is even harder. If you are fed up of figuring it out on your own, making mistakes and struggling alone, trying to learn as you go, taking one step forward and feel like you take two steps backwards, there is always more that we can learn together. The BMA is the place for you. I'm extending a warm invite for you to join the place for female entrepreneurs to support and empower one another, to seek high level coaching and mentorship from me and to have access to invaluable resources, templates and worksheets for you to succeed, scale your businesses and grow together. As an affordable, low investment every month, the BMA couldn't be more perfect for you. The Bold Moves Academy is focused at coaching female entrepreneurs in what they need most to accelerate their business and make the progress they deserve. Building a successful business doesn't have to be lonely and it certainly doesn't have to be complicated. I can't wait to see you inside the BMA today.